for um, new company, one of these, one of these newfangled high-tech internet stocks. You know, back then they were they were real new, and you wish you had bought Google back then. This wasn't Google, unfortunately. <laughs> And I didn't know much about it at the time, those many years ago. And I had a little money to invest, and so I took all the money I had there and bought this one stock. Now, there's a bunch of you that are already smiling on, what an idiot. <laughs> the... Uh, the guy who had, had made this company, he'd done very well, and he had, um, he had turned this company into a pretty big deal, and he went public with the company. So I, I got in on the IPO and all of that kind of stuff, and so seemed really good at the time, but no. <laughs> <laughs> a few years later, a couple of years actually, it wasn't, didn't take long. Things were not good. Uh, the, the company was in trouble. And so, um, so what ended up happening was, is since he was still the major shareholder, he bought back the shares plus all the, all the ones that he'd sold off. He bought them all back just for pennies. Penny, I lost a ton of money. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it doesn't matter and it's all going to burn up anyway, right? <laughs> so I lost a whole bunch of stuff there. And I learned a real valuable lesson about diversification, right? That big long word that every investor learns real quick if you lose a pile of money like that, right? Diversification, put your money in a bunch of different stocks, so that you'll have some that balance out, right? All those good things there. Because we worry about having all of our eggs in one basket, right? We worry about that kind of thing. We worry about going all in. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. What were they thinking? Great internet stock. Companies doing fabulous. Buy in on the IPO, Peter. <laughs> right? Go all in. Leave your nets. Forget diversification. Go in on this one. You can't lose. Sounds like a familiar pitch, huh? I mean, think about it. Imagine you're sitting at your job doing whatever it is you do. You're installing a door 
And this guy just comes up to you and says, forget the door business, the thing that you've made your livelihood. I got a new idea. Follow me. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're, you, you've been doing doors a while. <laughs> but you get the point, right? Are we likely to just go all in on something like that? It's a little scary, isn't it? To just get rid. You know, there's, a, there's the parallel story in Luke. Take a look at Luke. Luke chapter 5. Luke tells it a little bit different, that Jesus wasn't just walking along the sea, but that instead they had, they had been fishing all night. You remember the story. They'd been fishing all night and didn't catch anything. Then Jesus told them to let the, the nets down, and they had good things that happened. And then it was that he said, Verse uh, verse 4 there, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. They did. You know what happened there. And then in verse 10 it says, and so also, everybody was amazed at this in verse 9, so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. I'm expecting if I asked you to leave your livelihood <clears throat> that, yeah, there might be a little trepidation there. Do not be afraid. Don't worry. You can't miss on this one. Yeah. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. little different wording, but basically the same idea. So when they had brought their boats to the land... They forsook all. Not just, not just now was it that, that Jesus was <clears throat> telling them, hey, leave your business. He's telling them to leave the best cats they've ever had. Just leave it there. Walk away. Walk away. They forsook all and followed him. And then you get down to the bottom there of the story in, um, um, in verse 11. And it says, so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. What? How could they just walk away from everything they knew? That's pretty risky, don't you think? Pretty risky. In fact, going back to the Matthew version, in verse 22, Jesus had talked to James and John, and it says immediately they left the boat and their father. Okay, so now it's not just your career, but it's your family too. You leave everything, career, family, on this guy for a moment, who comes up and says, follow me. And immediately they left the boat and their father 
and followed him. Let me reassure you just for a moment that it's maybe not as risky as it appeared. Okay? They had been part-time disciples for close to a year now. They'd been with Jesus. They'd seen Him. They'd interacted with Him. Things had been happening. They'd seen Him working. So they knew something about it. They knew something about it. They'd followed Jesus for a little while, although part-time. Although part-time. In the Luke story, when Jesus said, let down your nets for a catch, I want you to think about that for a minute. Jesus was by trade a carpenter, right? Jesus was a carpenter by trade. He grew up the son of a carpenter, right? Peter was a fisherman. He grew up the son of a fisherman, right? Who knew fish? Peter. We think about Jesus and we think, wait, what did he know about fish? There's the difference, huh? Jesus was the creator of the fish. When Jesus said, let your net down for a catch, I'm sure Peter thought for, I'm sorry, I just have to imagine that Peter was a real person. And for a half second, Peter went, dude, what do you know about fishing? I, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he probably thought, I know much more about fish than you. You don't catch fish in the daytime. Big net, fish thinking, this doesn't look good. Takes off. You don't fish in the daytime. Here's the difference, though. Peter might have thought he knew something, but he was willing to submit. Peter was willing to submit. And he did what the Lord asked him to do. And he found out Jesus knows fish. We're going through Christ's object lessons in our weekly midweek service, at least not this week, but the rest of the weeks we've been going through. And we've been talking about the parable of the sower, the parable of the seed and stuff. I'll tell you something. I've been blessed because Herman Brooks is there. Herman Brooks is there, and, and this guy knows seeds. <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about seeds. Herman knows seeds. He knows how to plant seeds. He knows how to grow things. He knows how to make things come up out of the soil and produce. Who knows farming but a farmer, right? Who knew fish but a fisherman? But Peter found out Jesus knows fish. And so this wasn't quite so risky as it might seem. And for Peter, it was a lesson in self distrust. He learned not to trust himself quite so much. Maybe I thought I knew fish, but Jesus knows it all. And that's more important.
And if Jesus did a miracle, if Jesus did a miracle when he's asking you to follow him, chances are you're going to think twice about leaving those doors, right? (laughs) I'm pretty good leaving doors if this guy's doing miracles. The internet guy never, never did miracles for me, trust me. There were, there were no miracles. <laughs> That's the way my stock went. <laughs> no miracles here. It just went down the tubes. <laughs> Jesus did a miracle. It was a lot easier to trust when you saw something happen right there in front of your eyes when you knew that shouldn't happen. But then sometimes we're tempted to switch it around and go, well, duh. Of course you follow Jesus. He's God, right? He's God. Of course I'm going to follow him. He's doing miracles. I've seen miracles. Water into wine, like we talked about last week. I've seen stuff happen that nobody else is going to do. Yeah, I'm going to follow. And so we tend to take all the risk out of this at all. But I want you to think about that for just a minute. Remember who was Jesus' forerunner? Who was Jesus' forerunner? John the Baptist. You know, it wasn't that long ago for these fellows that John was beheaded. And they're thinking to themselves as they're out there throwing out that net, pulling it up, and there's nothing into it. If that happened to John, what's going to happen to our master? And then their thoughts turn to what happened in Jerusalem, how he was less than successful. And then in in his own hometown, they ran him out to intending to stone him. This doesn't look promising. Maybe this was risky after all. John beheaded. He seemed apparently to fail with the religious leaders of the country with his own people in his own hometown. And we haven't caught anything all night. Maybe this is a little more risky. And don't forget, there was no food stamps. No social security. You didn't catch stuff in the net. You were out begging for breakfast. That was the way it worked. I wonder about us. I wonder about us. Here we are, disciples. If you weren't somewhere connected to Jesus, you wouldn't be in this room this morning. Here we are this morning, disciples, learning about Jesus, thinking about Him, worshiping Him this morning. Are we all in? Are we all in? Or are 
are we part-time disciples, part-time fishermen? It's been good, but I got to get back and take care of the family. I got to go wash some nets. I got to go prepare and provide for my family. There's things I have to do. Are we part-time disciples, full-time whatever else? Fishermen. <laughs> this is risky, isn't it? I'm just ready for somebody to start throwing rocks already, huh? What are you saying? We shouldn't go to work tomorrow morning? <laughs> is that what I'm saying? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. Not at all. I'm asking about your risk tolerance. These guys, in verse chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 20, it says, it says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. They what? Immediately or straightway, they immediately left their net. Have you ever noticed that typically you make a decision like that about things you want or you want to do, and then you find reasons why that was a good idea? Right? You know, you go to the you go to the car shop to get your car fixed, you're getting your oil changed, and you know, you know where they put the waiting rooms. Yeah, on the other side of the new car showroom. Yeah. And so you, you, you go to get your oil changed. Most of you guys are probably really cool and you change your own oil, so adjust this for you. But you go there, you get your oil changed, and you walk past that new car and you go, ooh, Right? It's just that, that, that little thought, that ooh. You know what I'm talking about? And maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a, a new boat, huh? Maybe it's, there you go. <laughs> maybe it's a new boat, whatever, whatever it is for you. And you say, I need one of those. You hear you've already started building the case, right? I need not just I want, that looks good, but I need one of those. And so you start building that case for that thing. These guys, they followed Jesus immediately. But you know as well as I do that these disciples had troubles along the way, didn't they? How about you and I? We've decided to follow Jesus. We're here this morning, right? We've made that choice to be in God's house Sabbath morning. That's a good place to be. And yet, that doesn't mean we're not going to have troubles as we heard in our song. There's going to be issues. I may have decided to follow Jesus but I, I'm, I've still got real life, hmm? right? That real thing. I've got real life to live. 
How do I deal with that? How do I deal with that? Am I all in with Jesus? That's the question I'm asking. Am I all in with Jesus? When, when my discipleship comes up against real life, how do I handle that? In that ooh moment, how do I handle it? Is my, is my moment that I'm following Jesus, is that where it is? Immediately, they left all and followed him. We've talked over the course of the last few weeks about a lot of risky stuff. Peter's risky prayer. Lord, if that's you, let me get out of this boat. That's a risky prayer, huh? When was the last time you prayed that one, Lou? Uh-oh. <laughs> me neither, brother. <laughs> risky decisions. Mark, you and me. I think we can take that Philistine garrison alone. What do you think? You know? Risky decision. Risky decision. Risky sacrifice. Make me a little cake first. And then you and your son can have what's left over. Wait a minute. This is my last meal. Do it first. Risky. Risky sacrifice. Risky sacrifice. And then risky plans. How about you? Risky plans. I want us to put it all together today. I want to put it all together, brothers and sisters, and think about the risky life that Jesus is calling you to today. Are you willing to leave it all behind? Career, family, are you willing to leave it all behind? If push comes to shove, what happens? These disciples had been, yeah, Disciples, no question about it. They were disciples this whole time, but they really hadn't gone all in yet. They hadn't gone all in. They were part-time disciples. And they would be with Jesus for a while, and then they would go back home and fish for a while. Jesus was calling them. This call wasn't just a, hey, follow me and we'll see what happens. This was all in. This was everything they had to invest. Because last time I checked, if you're walking the dusty roads of Galilee, you're not out there at the Sea of Galilee fishing. If you're in Jerusalem, you're not in the boat. If you are there preaching, teaching, even if you are handing out bread and fish on a hillside, you are not casting a net. Are you all in? What about you and I? Patty and I left California when it seemed like that was the nuttiest thing in the world to do. 
we had bought an old beater house, fixed it all up. I mean, this house was nasty, nasty house. We changed everything from the ground up, just about. I mean, we had done a whole bunch of stuff to that. Changed out all the flooring, fixed holes in the walls, did all kinds of stuff there, new countertops, went on up. We even we changed the roof. We actually changed stuff below ground even because the pool had gotten messed up. So we, we, fixed, we fixed stuff down under the ground in the pool. We'd done all this stuff. We made a ton of money. The market was awesome. We made a ton of money on that one house alone. We made six figures. Made a lot of money. And the realtor that we had done this a time or two with said, hey, it's time to stop Mickey Mousing around house at a time. Now you have the money. Buy three. Make this happen. Make this happen. But we had prayed. We had prayed, God, what do you want us to do? We had been under the impression that it was time to leave California for a while. God, what do you want us to do? Each house we did. God, what do you want us to do? And we made a promise to the Lord that when he sold that house, that if we did well, we were done. We were leaving California. And then this opportunity came up. Opportunity. Don't you like how the world couches that word? Opportunity. Maybe you've had opportunities to play sports. Where are my young people? I see some over here. I see a couple here. Maybe sports is it. You've got an opportunity. All you have to do is play Friday night. You have an opportunity to make money. All you have to do is just, well, you know, the government doesn't really need to know about that. Opportunity. We had this opportunity now to buy three houses instead of one, but God had said it's time to leave California. What do we do? Brothers and sisters, you make a decision in an instant and you build the case. That's what usually happens. Make sure your decision is to leave all and follow him. That's what I'm pleading for this morning, that you are all in with Jesus, that that man who's walking on the side of the sea is not just some huckster who's trying to sell you something quick and disappear. This is Jesus, the eternal one. All in, brothers and sisters, all in. Yeah, it sounds risky. Why should I sell everything, everything we own? Pack it into a motorhome and leave when I have the opportunity to make a ton of money, three houses, and really clean up. I could retire and it'd all be good. Then, ooh, then, ooh, then I could work for the Lord full time. I'm telling you, you can build a case for anything you want. 
The question is, are you all in for Jesus? Forget the rest. Are you all in for Jesus? And so we decided to sell that house. We got good for it. We were given this opportunity. What would we do? That was what month? Yeah. September of what year? 2005. Anybody know what was happening in 2006? Does God know what he's doing or what? Yeah, if if I had if I had gone that route, I would have been retired, okay? standing on the side of the road with a tin cup saying, please help. God knows what he's doing. God knows what to do. And we followed him. I'm asking you to go all in today. All in for God. Luke chapter 12 verse 29 says... 29 through 31 says, And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God. Seek the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Risky? Yeah, risky. God's not going to take all the risk out of this deal. When he asks for your heart, he's asking for you to take the risk with him. Does he promise to take care of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I want you this week to make that choice to go all in with God. No more part-time disciple. No more part-time disciple. When you're at your job, I'm not telling you to leave your job. That's not what I'm telling you, unless the Lord's calling you there. But what I am telling you is, is that when you're at that job, you're not there because that's what you do and who you are. You're not a doctor, a lawyer, a car mechanic, whatever. You are a follower of Jesus Christ first because you're all in. And you're a part-time doctor, a part-time lawyer, a part-time mechanic, a part-time whatever it is. Your object, wherever you are, whatever you do, wherever you go, is to be Jesus' servant, his disciple, his follower. I'm calling you to a risky life. This week, you might just have an opportunity to... Uh, Face that decision. 
as with Patty and I, we made that decision long ago. And we built the case for God all along. That's what I'm asking you to do today. To make that decision today. Not wait for the opportunity to come along. The great car to be in the showroom. The houses that you could buy. Forget all that stuff. Make the choice today to be all in for Christ. And when that comes, it'll be easy. You'll leave it all immediately and follow Him.